Hello and welcome to Ain't So Black and White. I'm Richie Lyons, and I'm not here with anybody. Because we are going to film this yesterday, but I'm on how I work late, so we couldn't. So we could have filmed today. I was like, Mom, let's try something new. Let's do it separately. Let's each have an episode that comes out this weekend. Mine will be Saturday. Yours will be Sunday. And we can just talk about something uninterrupted. Something personal. Something that we really want to talk about. He said, that's a great idea, Richie. You're the best. You're the smartest person I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. That part isn't uh, true. Except he did say I'm the greatest basketball player to ever live. Uh, don't quote. Don't tell him I said that. But. He'll probably tell me about it if he listens to this episode, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> so then I had to think, what do I want to talk about? What am I passionate about? And if you know me, you're not passionate about film, about movies. I love movies. That's a broad statement. Everybody loves movies. Movies have affected me a lot during my life, though. That's what I want to talk about. Why they affect me? Why this art form affects me so much? Why do I love this? And how did it affect me? So the way I'm going to do that is uh, I'm going to go through my favorite movies. I'm going to talk about how the ones I saw as a child affected me. Then get into my later years. So the first movies I remember watching... Star Wars, Rocky movies, and the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. The greatest trilogy to ever exist. Uh, Toby's better than Tom. So, just want to get that out of the way. Because if you like Tom Holland and Tony McGuire, don't talk to me. Toby's the best. Of all time. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm going to start off with, you know... The I'm with Star Wars, you know, it's a small little franchise. You might not have heard of it. Uh, it's about space and stuff, you know. I I I doubt anybody listening to this has ever heard about Star Wars. It's pretty small. Some like indie director, I think. I think his name's like George Lucas. I want to say it's George Lucas. I think he made them. I'm pretty sure. Uh, a few of them came back, came out back in like the 80s and stuff, and uh. Not a lot of people want to see them. And then they, they got prequels that came out. And I don't think anybody saw them. I don't think anybody had any opinions about them, to be honest with you. <laughs> but jokes aside, you know, Star Wars, it's the biggest franchise of all time. It's amazing. Everybody loves it. But when I was a kid, so my first time ever watching Star Wars, I remember I was in my parents' bed, you know, they had a TV in their room. It was my dad, my brother, and sister, and me. And I remember I was so scared when they were flying through the Astro Belt. I was so terrified. I thought, I thought they were going to die. I was like, oh no, Han Solo, Chewie, they're all going to die. I was I was so scared watching that. It was so funny when I was a kid or as an adult because... It's not a very scary part, but I think the Star Wars movie is the first time in philosophy class we talk about having an awe moment. And 
think Star Wars was like my first awe moment. Seeing these huge space battles, seeing these lightsaber duels that look fantastic, look amazing, the menacing Darth Vader blowing up the Death Star, the Ewoks, the speeder fights, all these aliens in a bar, all this. It was amazing. You have a big imagination when you're a kid. And I think Star Wars really helped me expand that imagination. And it was a form of escape. When I was watching Star Wars, I wasn't on Earth. I was in a galaxy far, far away. And it felt great. Nothing mattered. Didn't have to like... Nothing, no problems I had as a kid, anything I was feeling, didn't matter. Felt amazing. I was, we used to always play pretend, flying through space, lightsaber duels. You know, felt real as a kid with that big imagination. I loved it. It's one of my favorite memories. Me and my friends playing Star Wars, me and my brother playing Star Wars and cousins. It was amazing with our plastic lightsabers that felt so real at the time. And some of my favorite memories. I remember uh, my best friend. He, uh, we were playing one day and found a four-leaf clover. And he's supposed to make a wish. And his wish was, I wish we could play Star Wars every day. And I remember that so much. I was like five at the time. But for some reason, I was like, it's such a distinct memory that I love. It was amazing. I wish I could go back to that. And Star Wars, that movie franchise that I still love today, inspired all that. Inspired all those great memories. It did so much for me as a kid. I love it. Now, a movie that's sort of the opposite of escapism is Rocky. Now, I loved Rocky as a kid. Loved it. I had a Rocky birthday party. I had a Rocky uh, action figure. Then everybody tried saying, oh, it's a Rocky doll. Richie, you got a Rocky doll. Ha, ha, ha. It's an action figure. It's an action figure, guys. Not a doll. Don't get it twisted. Action figure. But st- Rocky, <laughs> I must have started. Rocky inspired me as a kid. It inspired me a lot. You know, a guy down on his luck in Philadelphia, and nobody gets a chance to fight the champ. Fight Apollo Creed. It's... Rocky's version of Muhammad Ali. Get a chance to fight the champ. You're down on your luck and you this is a golden opportunity. And people are like, oh, he's gonna get killed. He's gonna have a chance against Paul Creed. But he works his tail off with the greatest montage of all time. I used to listen to Gonna Fly Now, the song, the iconic Rocky song, over and over again as a kid. I wanted to be Rocky. I wanted to be that guy. You know, a good-natured guy that works hard and achieves what he wants. And watching those fights were so exciting. I was like, yeah, Dad, you know, Rocky's going to beat Apollo Creed. He's going to beat Clover Lane. He's going to beat Ivan Drago. He's the best. I love Rocky. It inspired me. I want to be like Rocky. My dad used to always say, 
anytime I complain about something, he'd always go, you think Rocky would, uh, Rocky would complain? Huh. I can't talk. Sorry, guys. You think Rocky would be complaining? I really know it doesn't. You wouldn't be complaining. It's Rocky. And Rocky taught me a lot. You know, inspires me. Still keeps me going. Drives me. My favorite quote of all time comes from Rocky. And it's iconic from Rocky Balboa. Rocky Six. That the world's the hardest hitter. Doesn't matter how hard you can hit. It matters how hard you can get hit and keep going. I love that. And man, Rocky got hit a lot. He did not do a lot of hitting, but he got hit a lot. And he kept going. The Italian Stallion kept going. Inspired me. I loved that as a kid. I still love that today. That still drives me. That still keeps me going. That still inspires me. It affects me so much. That movie. Those movies. You know, it's really amazing. And now, the Spider-Man trilogy. Now, funny story about the Spider-Man trilogy is uh, me and my friend in pre-K used to always, I don't know why I remember it so distinctly, but like when I was like four, we used to always argue about how Spider-Man would shoot his webs if his thumb was out or if his thumb was in and it's like a rock and roll sign. And uh, I was right. Looking back at it, I was right. These little kids don't got nothing on me. <laughs> And maybe I want to focus on Spider-Man too. Now, I always thought of myself as Peter Parker, as many people have. He was created to be relatable. You're supposed to, when you see Peter Parker, see yourself. Stanley made him relatable for a reason. Sam Raimi did a great job of showing that in Spider-Man too. Now, in the movie, Spider-Man's a burden to Peter. He has to live a double life. Even when one life is just stressful enough. He doesn't have time for a job, school, his personal life, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man takes up so much time. It takes so much effort. And there's no schedule. There's no schedule, Spider-Man. You're always Spider-Man. If something goes wrong, you have to be Spider-Man. You have that responsibility to help other people. And if he could just stop being Spider-Man, all his problems would go away. And it happens in the movie. He loses his powers. And his life's great. It's amazing. Maybe like some, he's doing better in school. He's able to make money. He's able to go uh, see the musical with his girlfriend and all that. Well, with who he wants to be his girlfriend. <laughs> and the other way you can solve all these problems is if you take the glory. If you take off the mask. Reveal your Spider-Man. Everybody love you. Face all around New York. Oh, you get so many advertising deals to make so much money. But you have all these villains. And they would hurt the people around you if you did that. And you have the responsibility to those people to not do that. And Peter never does that. But he does stop being Spider-Man. And Peter's doing great, but everybody else isn't. He sees the kid getting beat up in the alleyway. Can't do anything. Kid just gets beat up. And he remembers what his Uncle Ben's told him. With great power comes great responsibility. Peter has the power to help these people. 
So he has the responsibility to help them. It is his responsibility to help them. You cannot run away from it. You cannot run away from your responsibility. And I think that's just so meaningful. That moved me so much as a kid. It still moves me now. I still try to live by that quote. It's one of the best quotes in any work of fiction ever. Ever. You see, everybody's saying, I'm pretty sure Obama said in his speech, like, it's so quotable. Everybody loves it. So Peter goes back to being Spider-Man. And his personal life is not as good. But everybody else is pretty good because he had that responsibility and dealt with it. And one of my favorite quotes from the movie also is Doc Ock, Dr. Octavius. You know, he's a professor helping Peter and he turns evil. And when he's a professor and he meets Peter Parker about the science project, he says, oh, Peter, Dr. Connor's student tells me you're smart but lazy. And it's funny because Peter's not lazy. But people want to know that because you can't tell people he's Spider-Man. And then later in the movie, Doc Ock finds out his uh, secret identity is Peter, uh, Peter without the mask. He says, Peter Parker, smart but lazy. I mean, there's just so much meaning behind it. But Peter, if he showed everybody, nobody would think of him as a bum, as any of this. He'd have all the glory. But you can't take the glory. You have to do what's right. Faces so many temptations throughout the movies. In the first one, Green Goblin tries to get tries to get him to become evil with him because you know the people of New York like to see a hero fall, fail, die trying. Famous quote, and they ridicule Spider-Man. So why help these people? Why help them if they do nothing to help you? doesn't matter though it does not matter you have the responsibility to help those people and i love that as a kid i love that now that still affects me all the time and i always thought myself as spider-man and i still do i want to get into more recent movies i fell in love with and First one I want to talk about is everybody knows, as I've said before, I'm a big Marvel fan. Big Marvel fan. And I think my favorite Marvel movie is Captain America Civil War. Now, Captain America, his whole trilogy, I love. And a character is supposed to learn a lot and change a lot through a trilogy. You see in Iron Man's trilogy, you see in a lot of trilogies. Captain America learns a lot, but he still has the same morals. He's still that kid from Brooklyn. And in the first movie, you learn all these morals. You learn about he can't run away from a fight. He wants to help the little guy. He doesn't want to kill kill Nazis. He just wants to stop a bully. And when he's getting beat up, this is the famous quote, 
I could do this all day. In Civil War, Cap's the same person. Sticks by his morals. They say, oh, you can only fight when we tell you. You can only help people when we tell you to help people. Cap doesn't like that. If he sees a situation going south, he has to be there. And in the end, my favorite quote comes back. Iron Man's being up. He says, stay down. But Iron Man thinks he's won. He says, stay down. And Cap says, I could do this all day. Showing that he's the same character throughout. He's the ro- he's a rock, you know. He doesn't change. He sticks by his morals, which is the same as Spider Man. Spider Man too. I just love that lesson. That you know what's right and you stick by it. Me personally, so as I said before, I don't smoke or drink. There's been a million times I've been offered. To drink, to get a hit, blunt, something. And be so easy. So easy to say, yeah. Yeah, well, have fun. Be everybody else. Be a kid, you know. Make those mistakes, all that. But I don't. I say no. I stick by my morals. Morals given to me by my dad and brother. Like how Spider-Man had the morals given to him by Uncle Ben. How Captain America... Had the morals he grew up with. They learned in Brooklyn. Stick by who you are. That's what Cap taught me. Stick by who you are. Even when everybody is telling you you're wrong. Stay true to yourself. I love it. It's a great lesson. I love watching it. And man, Cap just has the best quotes. If you watch the Captain America movies, you know he just has the best quotes, man. He just has it. He's the best. Now, the next movie I want to talk about is Tron Legacy. Now, this movie's not perfect. As many flaws, Craig's didn't like it. It flopped at the box office. But I love it. I love it. It's another movie like Star Wars with the escapism. Because Tron's like Sam Flynn, the main character, gets trapped. In a video game world called The Grid. Now The Grid. This is one of the reasons why I love movies. Is visuals. Visuals matter so much. Why make a movie. Without visuals. Without sound. Visuals and sound mean the most. Without those two things. Why not just write a book. Why not just write a book. And Tron Legacy shows. Why it's not just a book. It has amazing aesthetic in the grid. A neon, futuristic, sleek aesthetic. And a soundtrack made by Daft Punk that fits so perfectly with the aesthetic. The grid is a character by itself. The environment, the vehicles, the way everybody's dressed. How the programs have these neon costumes on and have different makeup on to make them look more robotic. How everything seems to be fueled by this neon gel. It's amazing. Creates amazing world to escape to. At any time I'm having a bad day, I'm thinking too much about something, I put on Tron Legacy. Because I escape to the grid. That's why I watch it so many times. Because it's not really about the story. Because the story's great. 
I like the story, but it's about that grid, seeing all that, being in awe. I talked about being in awe of Star Wars. And Tron does the same exact thing for me. And the Daft Punk soundtrack just helps you escape. You're not listening to the outside world. You're listening to that. That helps you get into that uh, environment. Love it. Love that movie. Now, next movie I want to talk about is Christopher Robin. Now, it seems a little childish. It's sort of a kid's movie. It's a Winnie the Pooh movie. If nobody knows uh, Christopher Robin is, he's the kid in Winnie the Pooh who thought up of all these, of his stuffed animals being real and all that going to where they live. Uh... And Christopher Robin explores an older Christopher who left the Winnie the Pooh and all of them because he had to go to boarding school and he had a whole life. And now as he's an adult, he's only focused on one thing, work. He has a wife, he has a dog, but he's just focusing on work to make their life better in the future. It's all he's focused on. Work, work, work. Make sure your daughter works so she can get a, so she can go to a good school, so she can get a good job. So that she can work. All he's focused on. And he thinks it's for the best. And a lot of times, you know, working hard is not a bad thing. It's, you make the most money. You have a good job, support your family. But he forgets to have fun. And he forgets to let his daughter have fun. He's so focused on his work that he forgets all this. And they're about to go on vacation. His daughter's so excited. So excited. Man, a weekend with my dad, who I never see, he's always at work. Because I won't do what he calls. He has to go to work. He has to cancel going to vacation. His wife and daughter go. He has to stay behind. And then Winnie the Pooh needs help. So Winnie the Pooh shows up right outside of Christopher Robin's house. And Christopher Robin has to go and help Winnie the Pooh because he has to go to work. And then he can't work with Pooh around. And I'm just going to say this. this I'll talk about it. Oh, my God. Everything Winnie the Pooh says. Everything he says is golden. It just, oh, it, it warms my heart. It makes me laugh. It's amazing. I, I just want to say a couple way the poop quotes. First one, <laughs> the first one is, uh, Mr. Robin's like, oh, it's impossible to get you back and go to work and all on the same day. And Winnie the Pooh says, they say nothing's impossible, but I do nothing all the time. <laughs> And I love it. He's a he's a bear with not <laughs> with a bear with very little brain. And uh another one is he's like, Oh, Christopher Robin, can I get a balloon? Like, no, you do you need the balloon? He's like, No, but it make me very happy. And I love it. I love it. It means so much. It's so little, but it means so much. That you might not need something. It might not 
you know, help you in a certain way, like, oh, it might not be, like, needed for survival. But you need happiness. You need to be happy. You need to remember to be happy. And the balloon? The balloon's not going to help poo, eat, drink, get money, nothing. But it's going to make him very, very happy. And being happy is very important. And Christopher, Lo Christopher Robin learns this throughout the movie. Seeing all his old stuffed animals reminds him how to have fun, how to be a kid, and how to let your daughter be a kid again. To have fun with your family and live more in the moment. I love the lesson of living in the moment, having fun, and making sure that you're happy. One of my favorite songs of all time, Vienna by Philly Joel, is about that. And it's one of my favorite lessons. And I think Christopher Vaughn is such an enjoyable story. It's fun characters. I mean, Eeyore, Eeyore, every, the older I get, the more I love Eeyore. He's the funniest character. Oh, man. Just everything out Eeyore's mouth is also golden, man. <laughs> uh, you just have to, oh, you, if you haven't seen Christopher Robin, do yourself in a favor and watch it. It'll make you feel good, but also make you feel sad. Watching Christopher Robin realize how much time he's wasted. But then in that sadness, you can find happiness knowing that you still have time. You still can have fun and be happy even when you're an adult. And you might not be a child anymore, but that doesn't mean you can't act like one. You can't have fun you can have fun like a child still, no matter how old you get, you still can't have that gleeful feeling. You just gotta remember to. I love that movie. I love movies that, on the surface, oh, it's just a fun Winnie the Pooh movie. But you look deeper and you find this meaning. Find all this. It's amazing. Now the next next thing I want to talk about my favorite experience at movie theater. Now this movie I'm gonna talk about. I'm barely gonna actually talk about the movie because I'm not even a big fan of the movie I saw. But the experience was the best I've ever had. So Thursday it's a Thursday in December in 2015 I have school the next day which I am dreading because god I hate waking up in the morning but the next day Star Wars The Force Awakens comes out a new Star Wars film I always I already talked about how much I love Star Wars I probably mentioned more than anything else how much I love Star Wars if anybody knows you they know I love Star Wars man it's the best. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm thinking, man, my first time seeing a Star Wars movie in theater tomorrow. I'm so excited to go see Star Wars. It's about 9.30 p.m. I'm so excited. Gotta get to bed soon. It's a school night. But my brother gets home from work. He's like, 
and we start talking. We're like, because we both grew up watching Star Wars. I told you how we watched it together in my dad's room. And he's like, why wait till tomorrow? Let's go see it right now. Like, huh? We can do that? We can do that? Like, what? We can go see it right now? He's like, yeah. Why not? We look up times. Yeah, there's some times. Later in the day, let's, let's go see Star Wars. So I was like, no, you guys are not seeing Star Wars. You have school tomorrow, Richie. You have school. You cannot be up that late. And I'm like, Mom, come on. She's like, no. But my brother, he has this amazing ability to get whatever he wants. He'll have to teach me it. <laughs> but he convinced my mom to let me go see Star Wars. And we're so excited on the way. We're jumping up the tower. Yeah, we're about to see Star Wars, man. Star Wars. Star Wars, man. And we get to the theater. And we're over we start to calm down. We're sitting on chairs. We're calm. We're seeing the trailers. We're super calm. And then the theater goes black. And all you hear is... And at this point, we are losing our minds. It's Star Wars, Bouncy New Star Wars. Oh my goodness, it's calling text, the music coming all over. We're jumping up and down. We're going crazy. Star Wars, man. A new Star Wars. It was amazing. It's the best feeling in the world. I... I wish I could go back to that feeling, seeing a new Star Wars in the air. Because the movie, I didn't even love the movie. But it didn't matter. It was seeing a new Star Wars in theaters. One of the best experiences I've ever had in theaters. And now, since then, we've gone to like every, every early premiere. For Star Wars, for Marvel, for DC, we got a scene before they come out. We cannot it spoiled to us and we started bringing more people to it you know more people are excited to it but and we've seen some movies that are very you know hyped up like the new avengers movies and all that but nothing and i mean nothing will ever ever beat seeing that new star wars film I'm gonna, oh, I'm just excited thinking about it. <laughs> oh man, I got really, I can't wait for any of the new Star Wars stuff, man. I'm so excited right now, <laughs> just thinking about that. One of the best moments I remember in my life, and it was because of how much Star Wars affected us as a kid. How much we loved it. How much we were in awe. We were in awe. Of these space battles, of these lightsaber duels, we felt the emotion of Anakin, Obi Wan fighting two brothers, two brothers having to fight to the death because they see, because they have differences, because they took different sides. Obi Wan losing a brother, Darth Vader coming out of that fight, and then Luke showing him the light again. All that, all that meant more than anything to us. It was the best. We'd always talk about Star Wars. We'd play all the video games. We would play it outside in the bat. 
we learned so much from those movies. And it gave me some of my best moments of my life. One franchise. One man trying to tell a story about one family, the Skywalker family, and the man being George Lucas telling the story affected so many people around the world. So many people. The power of cinema is amazing. It's truly amazing. Now, the last movie I'm going to talk about specifically is, of course, if you know me, if you know me, you knew this was coming. You knew it was coming. La La Land. I love La La Land so much. And now I'm going to talk about the ending. So if you don't want the ending spoiled to you, because this movie is more recent, I guess. If you don't want the ending spoiled to you, go watch it. Like, it is a cinematic masterpiece. If you haven't seen it yet, do yourself the pleasure of going and watching La La Land. It is fantastic. Now that everybody's gone that hasn't seen it yet, I'm going to talk about it. So the ending of Lola Land made me cry when I watched it. Seeing Sebastian and Mia not together. Two main characters, Ron Gosling's character, Sebastian, Emma Stone's character, Mia. We see them from the start of the movie. We see how their lives are similar yet different. How they're both just trying to follow their dream. Mia's trying to become an actress. And Sebastian is trying to become a jazz player with his own club. And then they meet each other and they fall in love. They fall in love because of their dream. They both have these dreams. They both are following. They both are trying to follow these dreams and they're both falling in love with each other while doing it. But reality kicks in for Sebastian and he gets an offer to play in a band. But it's not the type of jazz he likes. But he needs to provide money. He's provide for me. He looks how bad their apartment is and how Mia's parents aren't very excited about all this like oh he's not doing anything what and then realizes he needs to take this gig and he makes good money he records songs he doesn't like them that much but he records them then he has to go on tour and he doesn't have time to be with Mia does not have time to put to be with Mia this creates a strain. And he's like, oh, why don't you just go where I'm going? She's like, oh, no. And the actors have this one-woman show coming up. He's like, okay, so they're more distant. And again, it's a big fight. But Sebastian can still make it up for her. Her show is soon. He can go see her show. He th- plans on it the whole time. But something comes up for work, and he can't go. And Mia's show, there's nobody there. People hated it. Goes awful. So she gives up on her dream. She goes back home. 
she leaves Sebastian. But then, then Sebastian gets a call. A big casting director saw the show, loved it, wants me to come and audition. Mia's done. So Sebastian goes to see her. Mia's done a thousand auditions and she just saw girls prettier than her, better than her, and she doesn't want to do it again. Sebastian convinces her. They fell in love because they are following that dream. And he made sure that she followed her dream. And drives him. The audition is amazing. The song in that is amazing. Oh, man, I love that song. <laughs> and uh, they have to break up. Because Mia gets apart. She has to go to Paris. And Sebastian still has that gig with the band. He can't get out of it. He has to stay in L.A. So he had to split up. And cuts, I think it's five years later. Sebastian's finally able to open up that club that he wants. He's alone. He doesn't have a girl or anything. But he's able to open that club. And Mia's doing amazing. She's a big movie star. Huge movie star with a husband and a kid. And they're back in L.A. And they go to the jazz club. It's Sebastian's jazz club. And the ending... beautiful it's a montage Sebastian playing over it the songs you've heard throughout the movie and it shows what could have been what could have been one different decision if he decides not to take that gig they could have been together still they could have been the couple walking into that jazz club and not being the new guy in the end they look at each other. Sad at first. Like, man, could have been great. But they both give each other a little smirk. Because they're still doing good. They're still doing good. They're still doing good for each other. They still, they achieve their dreams. But it's not together. It's not together. Which is the sadness you see. That just because of one thing, it didn't work out. And it could have worked out. And it could have been amazing. And they both could have got what they wanted. But one mistake. One mistake. And everybody's been, most people have been in relationships. And a lot of people can project on one of the two. Guy who made a mistake. The other one. Who got something and couldn't be with the other person. Now. A little personal. I relate a lot to <laughs> Sebastian. Because. Uh, so. I've been I guess two relationships in my lifetime. I would say yeah. I guess two like official. But like the first one. I broke up with the girl. And. I never really gave anybody a reason. To why I did it. I just said, oh, you know, his feeling's just not there anymore, which is a lie. I loved that girl. <laughs> I loved her for a while after that. And the reason why I broke it up was this first thing. I don't even think my parents know this. Uh, so this is, it ain't so black and white. Uh, this is new stuff for this, <laughs> for everybody. And ain't so black and white exclusive. Uh, so... <laughs> 
Relationships give me a lot of anxiety. The commitment. Because it's not like I have temptations with other girls or something. It's the commitment to always being there for that person. That gave me a lot of anxiety. Then the commitment that if they mess up, it looks bad on you. You mess up, it's bad on them. That stressed me out a lot. And I care a lot about what other people think. I, I say I don't, but I do. I care a lot about what other people think. And I constantly, constantly am just thinking, oh, man, what's that person thinking about me? Oh, man, what's that person thinking about me and all that? But then when you're in a relationship, you have that commitment. You're also thinking, what's that person thinking about her? What's that person thinking about her? And you're thinking about how your family thinks about her, that you care a lot about their opinion. You think about your friends, you care a lot about their opinion. And I would hear a couple bad things that people that people close to me said about her. And it stressed me out so much. And there was just so many thoughts in my brain going around, like, oh my goodness, I can't. I can't really deal with it. Now it's more than just that. That's the basics. But uh, I could, I also then, because I wasn't, when I was with her, that's all I was thinking about was other people. I couldn't be there fully for her. And that made me feel worse. I'm like, man, it'd be better if she was with a guy who could deal with this. And it probably, if I decided to just talk to her about it and actually tell her what was wrong, it could have easily lasted, it could have lasted a lot longer. It could have been great. But I didn't do that. I made that mistake. I made a mistake that Sebastian made. Sebastian made a mistake to make him more distant. I made a mistake that made me more distant. So I can relate to him with that. I can project myself on that character in that relationship. And eventually, I did break up with her. I couldn't deal with it anymore. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I thought she'd be better without me. And for the most part, I was right. Because... In the NLL land, they gave that little smirk. I love the last two frames of, or shots of the movie. A close-up on Emma Stone's face and Ryan Gosling's face. They give that little smile. Because the girl did doing pretty well for herself. And she had a guy, and they seemed to have a good relationship from what I saw. I mean, I'm not in there. But... <laughs> From what I saw, she goes to good college now and all that. And uh, I think I would want to say I'm doing pretty good for myself. Uh, I'm doing well, like, up here in Marquette. Have an amazing podcast that everybody should listen to every episode and uh, review it and all that. You know, and follow us on Instagram. It ain't so black and white. Uh, and I'm sad because, you know, you think about what could have been. But you're happy because... Still doing good for yourself. Could have been great together, but you're doing great by yourself. Doing great apart. And I talked about in Chris Brown the sadness, the happiness and sadness. And that's another example of that, I feel like. And that's what got me. That's why it got me. That's why it made me cry. Because crying is not just because you're sad. It's because you're feeling a lot of emotion. 
You can cry from being too happy. You can cry for so many reasons. You can cry out of frustration, all that. It's just the amount of emotion that you feel. If you feel too much emotion, it's like instinct to cry. And Loveland got me. It got me good. It got me real good. Uh, and I always joked about that. I would always like, yeah, you guys going to give me cry. You make me watch Lola Land. But I am not joking. Lola Land makes me cry. Lola Land makes me cry so much. It wasn't even just the first time I watched that cry. I cry at that movie like every time I watch it. Like every time I watch it. It just, it gives you so many emotions. It can make you feel so many emotions. And then, all these reasons why I love cinema. It can excite you. It can give you awe moment. It can teach you so much. It can make you feel so much emotion. There's so much meaning behind every frame. We say a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, there's a million pictures in movies. There's a million pictures. There's so much meaning behind everything. There's so many great movies that have so much meaning that can make you feel so many emotions. Even just a small, just a small part of the movie can mean so much. Right now, I played the Star Wars theme earlier, so I have that pulled up on YouTube. And on the side, it shows the picture of Luke looking at the twin suns. Luke looking out to the sky. This is in the beginning of the first movie in Star Wars. Luke, before he becomes a Jedi or anything, is looking out to the sky and sees two suns on his farm in the middle of nowhere, Tatooine. And he's looking up and he sees so much. He sees what he couldn't see. He's thinking, man, they're fighting a war out there. I want to help the rebellion. I could be so much. Think about how much you could be. At the end of the movie, at the end of the trilogy, he achieves that. He stops the Empire. And he helps save Darth Vader. And that one frame, that one little frame, that one shot, shows that much. There's that much meaning behind that one shot. It's truly amazing. It's truly amazing. Film means so much to me. I'm trying to explain it here, but I'm doing the best I can, but words really can't explain how much it means to me. And that's why I want to get into it. I want to tell a story like Star Wars that makes a kid feel grand, that gives them that awe moment. I want to tell a story that like Rocky that inspires a kid to be greater, that gives a kid something to look up to, that gives a kid the feeling that he wants to climb those stairs like Rocky did. He wants to climb those stairs. He wants to get on top because when you're on top, you feel like you're on top of the world. You can see everything. So great they've made a statue of him in Philadelphia. And I want to be the one that makes a kid feel like that. To see, I want to make a movie like Spider-Man. Like Captain America Civil War that helps enforce those morals. Helps teach those lessons 
that people need to be taught. To be yourself. To accept your responsibility. I want to make a movie like Tron Legacy that helps the kid escape his problems. That helps transport him to a new world. Somewhere where all these earthly problems, they don't matter. They don't matter. For those two hours, you can feel great. You can escape to somewhere else. I want to make a movie like Star Wars that gets so many kids excited to see the new one. That helps their brother, them and their brother bond with each other. That gets them so excited. Makes them want to stay up on a school night to see it. I want to make a movie like Lawland. That has so much meaning. That shows that even if you make a mistake. Even if life doesn't seem great. And you can think about how it could be better. You can imagine if everything went right. Doesn't matter because everything's still pretty good. Still surviving. You're still trying to achieve those dreams. That taught people that to follow their dreams. That's okay. Sacrifice everything for a dream. I want to make movies like that. That's what I want to do in life. That's why. That's why I came to Marquette. That's why I came so far away. Joined The Wire. Directed TV shows. Joined the 24-hour film race. Made a film in 24 hours. Learned how to write script. All this. Learned how to use these cameras. All that. Just so I can tell a story. Just so I can tell a story in a way that I loved as a kid. That I still love. Just to tell stories that inspire, that leave kids in awe, that teach so much, to help people escape. And that's why I love cinema. And that's all the time I have. This has been It Ain't So Black and White. I'm Richie Lyons. Peace, y'all.